Hello and welcome to Disciple Life, the Bible and Everyday Life. Here next to me is Pastor Dan Newberg and I am your host, Carlos Garduño. We are coming to you from First Baptist Divine. Brother, how are you today? I'm I'm doing well. I'm just kind of thrown off. I don't know if I'm looking at you or the camera or, or what. I mean, people who are listening just on the audio podcast, doesn't matter. But if you're watching on YouTube, this is kind of weird right now. It is. We, we make a triangle. So, you know, kind of like... Yeah. Making yeah. it making it look like we're know, having a conversation my, with someone. I don't know what my focal point is right now. Well, you can always look at the camera. But there's like the sun in front of me too, so it's like, <laughs> like I'm gonna get blind, dude. So I'm just gonna stare off into like like some stoic, you know, wis- wisdom person. Just stare off and, and speak. So, Which again, the people listening on podcast won't audio care. will will not. They, care. They're like, what are no, they doing? They don't, don't if anything, care. pretend that's Jesus's glory mm. right there. Mm. I still can't look at it. That's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we want to welcome you. And again, we want to encourage our audience, whether you are listening or watching a video. Um, we have a link that will be on, under the description section. So you can submit questions from the most recent sermon, and then we'll address them here towards the end of the, uh, our conversation so that, you know, it's it's a hook for you, but we really just want to uh, engage with you. The yeah. more questions we get, that will be the content of the podcast. Yeah, but I mean, they can't ask questions about this sermon. Now it's questions for the next sermon that they haven't heard yet. The latest yeah. sermon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, just make sure that that's clear, man. Okay. Okay. Don't don't want to lie to them. No, we don't. We don't. Okay. That's we don't want to get into that. So okay. enough banter. So yesterday, uh, brother Dan, you brought us a sermon from Luke chapter one, correct? Mm-hmm. And so we are still reigniting the fire, uh, and we are learning about how beginnings matter in the end. Mm-hmm. And you bring us into the the narrative from Luke where we see uh, a preacher being kept silent for yep. nine months. Yep. And God breaks his silence. That's something that I got from your text. Uh, 400 years of silence. Yep. And God simply breaks forth with saying, told you would keep my word. So why don't you walk us through the the story just in your own words? What's the story that we covered yesterday? The story itself is um, God's uh, God and his grace selecting uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth to be the parents, to be, um, to the person who'd be the forerunner of the coming Messiah, who we know um, upon the the stage of time will will soon be John the Baptist, as we know in history. And so um, the text that we covered yesterday has to do with um, uh, Zechariah's encounter with the angel Gabriel, who's making this announcement. of God's intention to show favor upon them in their advanced age and barrenness um, to, to be these parents to be of this very special person in, in human history. Right. And so um, one of the things that also caught me off guard uh, in a very good way is that as you make the transition, you kind of walk us into the old Testament. Now, again, um, Last year, we went through the Bible chronologically, and throughout the middle of the year, probably around, I would say it was about April, May, we are reading 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, and so we're getting into this story uh, that also interweaves some of the prophets and how they were speaking to 
the nation of Israel also um, about how God intends to deliver people from their sins and how he intends to deliver humanity mm-hmm. out of this plight between Satan, the accuser, his minions, and then also our human condition, again, our sin. Um, you you said that he is God, meaning God is is harking, harkening back to a time when there was a prophet that represented the Old Testament law. So walk us through that. How is it that John the Baptist uh, is the representation and fulfillment of the spirit of Elijah? Uh, well, that is uh, spoken to through the by God through the prophet Malachi, who is in our in our Bibles the the last Old Testament book, and on the very last page of the Old Testament, you see uh, a final prophecy from the Lord spoken through Malachi, who's declaring that in preparation for the Messiah that God would send, um, that he would send a forerunner to prepare the people for that Messiah. And that would be a person in the type or likeness of Elijah himself, uh, one of the most prominent prophets in all of Israel's history. The only one who got to ride in chariots of fire. Yeah. I mean, like cool, cool, cool stuff, right? Yeah. So um, God, God makes that, oath he makes that promise um at the very conclusion just before he signs off for 400 years if you will um and so you find that in the last book of the bible in the last book of the old covenant the old testament sure um and then one of the things that comes from that is how can we as a church uh just in the reading of the story, and even as the as the Spirit of God is inspiring the writer, Luke, what can how can we draw hope and, in a sense, strength as we read these things where God is making a promise? He takes an extremely long time. We're talking multiple generations of families in the Jewish community living and passing away, but that promise still stands. So, how, how can we grasp and and draft this hope and strength out of scripture based on the narrative? Well, in some way, we identify with those saints of old who were waiting for the Messiah because we ourselves um, find ourselves waiting for the Messiah's return. Right. Um, and so while there were many who uh, who came and served the nation and um, were likely very faithful in the course of their lives uh, and then died. Um, we ourselves face similar um, um, parameters to our lives as we await the Lord's return. Um, so we can take encouragement by that in knowing that just as God promised a Messiah who would come to those saints of old, we can take the assurance because he's brought that Messiah in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, we can, we can find assurance and certainty and a, a hope of everlasting um, that Jesus is coming again because he came the first time. Um, and so God is a God who makes promises and God is a God who fulfills his promises. And so we can, we can lean on that um, without, any doubt or question? It the, our challenge is trusting that. I like that. The challenge is to trust that promise, that yeah. that oath, if you will. Yeah. Um, 
And with that in mind, uh, walk us through the significance for us, because again, as people who are the third or fourth wave of audiences for this gospel, sometimes details can get lost in translation, quite literally. So what is so significant about Aaron, not not Aaron, sorry, about um, Zacharias, Elizabeth, and the work that Zacharias uh, carried out uh, as being one of the priests? What is significant and why be part of the narrative? Well, why those things are important is um, Zechariah and Elizabeth are of the priestly order of Israel. So they connect all of those right dots, if you will, in terms of their continuation uh, of assignment that God gave well before them to, to the nation early on. Right. Um, and so you see them continue to faithfully, faithfully fulfill the duties that are assigned to those who are born of Aaron. Um, and beyond that, the names themselves of Zechariah and Elizabeth have great significance, um, not in the Greek in which we find Luke writing, but in the Hebrew, uh, right. which would have been the spoken tongue uh, for those names. Correct. Um, and what we find there, if I'm remembering correctly right now, is that Zechariah is, what are your notes saying? I'm going to check you. Oh, you're going you're gonna to check I'm my gonna notes? I'm going to see. Were you listening? I was. God remembers. God remembers and is for Zechariah. Right. And his oath. His oath for Elizabeth. Right. So in them, in their union, uh, we can combine their names to say simply, God remembers his oath, that oath from Malachi chapter 4. Um, and in God's remembrance of his oath, they will bear a son, a very special son, whose name is John, right? who in the Hebrew meant, did you get that in your notes? God is gracious. God is gracious. I, tell, I'm, I told you, my form of applause is taking notes. There you go. <laughs> so God remembers his oath, and as a consequence of that, God is gracious. Right. Um, and so there's great significance in these names and in their spoken language. Right. Um, and that just makes um, what Luke records jump off the page even more so when we just think about how awesome God is. Um, he's a God who remembers. He's a, he's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. There you go. Now, now you're sounding like a contemporary worship. I like that. So that, that, that will definitely Should I start stick. singing? You know what? That will do nothing for our to, to building an audience. You will definitely make a joyful noise and I'll join you. That'll be okay. Um, I do believe uh, something that you you had us with three W's, and it's not the World Wide Web. No. You had uh, us with three W's throughout the message, as that was your hook to get us all the way to the end. Right. And so you said that you wanted us to consider worship, yep. our wonder, mm -hmm. and our willingness. Right. Which is something that was very much evidenced in the... Um, very much evidence in the way that Zachariah, Elizabeth respond to God, uh, even in their own way, still dealing with the wonder of what's happening. Yep. So why, why don't you walk us through the worship, which is, by the way, the primary job of a priest, yep. according to the Old Testament law, is to guide the people and usher them into the worship of the living God. So, I, I mean... Folks who are listening can can read from uh, verse five through verse twenty five of Luke chapter one. Um, but in a sense, what what 
Zechariah is doing is he's going to um, perform a particular aspect of Jewish worship on this day that he just happens to get lucky enough and chosen, if you will, right, um, to perform. And so it's in worship that he has a a heavenly encounter, um, and that's uh, that's what I think is a great description of worship when we are. Um, if I can say this, worshiping rightly, um, not, and without being very prescriptive on what, what worship looks like for me or what worship looks like for you. Um, but worship itself is when we are singularly focused on the Lord, right. um, working to eliminate the distractions, set all of those things aside, and just coming before the Almighty and saying, you are God, I am not. I love you. I magnify you. I worship you. Um, and it's in, it's in that um, expression of worship that Zechariah encounters a, a, a visitation from heaven. Um, and so that's the aspect of worship, you know, just and calling us to reflect upon what kind of worshipers are we? Right. Um, and this idea of reigniting the fire. Right. Um, if we're, we're there, there will be no fire if we are not worshiping. Right. And um, it better be to borrow from a narrative or two from the Old Testament. It has to be holy fire, holy fire, not yes. um, unholy or unknown fire. Right. Um, and so following that in the in the course of worship, um, there's a particular message delivered from heaven's throne room. Right. Um, and that message is all then you can continue to read. This is verses 13 through 20. Mm -hmm. um, you you will find that that message has to do with, hey, Zechariah, I know you're old, bro. I know your wife is old and um, y'all are going to have a kid. And this dude's special. <laughs> um, this is the Newberg paraphrase. Um, but anyway, not available, not, a, not available uh, anywhere yeah. just yet. Um, <laughs> Um, but let us know if you're if you're looking for a copy and I'll work that out. Um, anyway, the um, and so he, he receives this message and he doubts it and he's right. struck dumb. He's he's he can't speak. He won't speak for nine months. Um, but it's in the course of worship that he's led to this place of of wonder. Um, and he it's because he's heard from God. Right. Um, and he's heard from God through worship. Um, and so there's a connection there. And, it, and the, the idea in applying this within our lives is to call us to ask ourselves, do we hear from God? Right. Um, and most specifically, do we hear from him as we sit under the teaching of his word, as we read his word, as we uh, pray his word? We should be hearing him. <laughs> and not, our, not ourselves, not anyone else. Right. Um, and as we're we're praying scripture and we are we are praying with the lord we should be hearing from him so long as we're in a dialogue with him in other words that we've entered into the space where um we're not just telling god how it's going to be or what we need but where there's room if you will for god to actually speak back instead of us just dropping all of our stuff on him which reminds me of something you're going to start offering this Wednesday, so in two days from the recording date today, an introduction to spiritual formation, which I'm guessing the prime teacher, God himself, was delivering a master class to uh, 
the priest yep. on the practice of silence. Silence, okay. yes, yes, yes. Uh, where you just have to contemplate what God is saying. And if you don't have the ability to speak, you just usually just, the best thing to do is focus yourself into the word of God, to focus yourself onto what God has for you and, and to listen to the right things, which again, the dialogue component uh, so many times, and I, I really enjoy this uh, because at least, I know you mentioned it yesterday and multiple times in private conversations, uh, the encouragement of not just dumping a laundry list or a laundry load upon the Lord. When we say, well, Lord, this is all my, or, or the stuff that needs to be washed, would you please wash it, press it, fold it, and hang yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that. Borrowing from that, what would be the encouragement for the Christian to learn from Zechariah being dumb for nine months? What what type of encouragement can we get from that? Silence isn't scary because we're not alone. Speaking to the Christian right now, we're not alone by definition because God is with us. He's promised us in, in, a, in, in an expression of oath. Yeah. Uh, he is with us. He will neither leave us nor forsake us. Yet there's the the sound of silence that's deafening, and that often elicits that often elicits a sense of fear that we we will speak into and try to fill because silence is is fear raising. Um, the encouragement would be to grow in comfort in that silence because there is a still small voice of the Lord who's whispering to you, as Isaiah says. When you go to the left or the right, he'll point you right. in that direction of which whichever one is the right one for you. Um, there, there will be that that direction. We need to be comfortable with silence. Okay, I like that. Probably not on a podcast. That's probably not a great thing. No, you definitely not. Um, uh, we don't want to have the pregnant pause. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, I do want to, um, that was not intentional pun for Elizabeth. Anyway, um, what can we then take from this? Uh, so we've talked about worship. It's about the focus upon the Lord himself, nothing else. Yeah. Worship and then wonder in the course of that we hear from him. Um, and most often that, that hearing from him is a, a call or a bid from the Lord for you to respond to his word. Right. Um, and so the, the question therein is, are you willing to do what God is bidding you to do for Zechariah? It's very clear as you read from 21 through 25, he does. Um, he goes home after, and after he fulfills his priestly duties, those two weeks that he's called up into Jerusalem to do those things. Um, then he heads home and he returns to his wife. And um, he does as God told him, um, and he and Elizabeth conceive a child um, among whatever other responsibilities he has as a husband and a priest in his town. Right. Um, and he responds with an, a, an availability of heart, um, saying, God, use me, take me, mold me kind of thing. Um, and the question that comes to us is, and it's a firm belief of mine, I think people are worshiping. I think people are listening and are hearing. But they struggle to respond to what God calls them to do. 
So as you make that point, I wonder, is it for the lack of wonder upon what God is doing in their lives or what he has done that they're not willing to respond? I think the answer depends on it's complex, right? Sure. Um, and I think so much of, I, I think it can also be true. There can be the lack of wonder for who he is, um, amazement of who he is. But it can also be simply fear. Okay. Um, Tell us about that. Well, Jesus calls and tells Peter, hey, step out on this water. Um, or he says, hey, come follow me. And, he, and by the way, we should remember that the context of that is he calls Peter on his bluff. Yeah. If it is you, Lord, bid me to come to you and I will come to you. And Jesus says, pony up, boy, come on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting. I, I wonder at what point do we... Um, so, yeah, it's still recording. So I wonder at what point do we do we put God to the test, which is also something we shouldn't do. I don't know that we put God to the test, but we just simply trust. Right. If you know, he, if you know, he's told you to do something, you do it. Right. Um, like that preacher I quoted in the message yesterday, he said something like, um, if God tells me to jump through a brick wall, my job is to jump at it. It's God's job to get me through it. There you go. Um, as impossible as it may seem, if God's told you to do something, you do, do it. it. Right. Uh, which also reminds me of a quote by a, a famous and old, old uh, missionary to China. Uh, God's work done God's way will never, will never lack the resources to get the job done. Uh, Hudson Taylor, mm -hmm. I believe it's quoted uh, to say, have said that. And I think that's something that freezes people upon their tracks, if you will, uh, like a deer on the, in the headlights, when it comes to living the life that we have been called to do. And so often uh, it's because we say, well, that's for someone else. That's for the super Christian with a cape and a mask, with a SC on their chest. And so I, I often ponder whether um, sometimes we over emphasize the wonder of who God is and how he moves in the lives of those willing. Um, but also uh, the lack of it, like we, you've already addressed. And I think about it this way. You got, after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, you've got 12 willing guys. Out of the multitude of thousands. That yeah, followed you, you, I mean, and I'm not saying that the others were unwilling. Right. Just following now an ax. Right. Right. You got 12 willing guys who've left their, their trade that they knew and they're willing to go to the ends of the earth as they know it and proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord. Um, and they turn that world that they're living in literally upside down. I was reading, um, it's, Peter's in prison. Um, he's imprisoned um, by himself. It was reading in Acts. I forget what chapter is right now. I could find it if I need to. But um, the point of it is this, though. This is a, a fisherman who who's early in his life, and at least what Luke's recording in Acts, and he's just been preaching. Yet Luke records that in, in this instance of, of imprisonment for him, He's bound to the floor 
by two different chains, has two guards on either side, and guards posted at every door in the jail. What is so scary and so imposing about a preacher that you've got to chain him to the floor with two separate chains? With two centurions right two, there. With two, with two centurions right next to him. With a couple, of, a man and a guy at every door. What is so scary about him? You got to go to that. You got to go to that level. I mean, what? Why? I don't know. I don't know that there's a Fort Knox, you know, in, in the first century. But that sounds like Fort Knox kind of stuff. Yeah, no kidding. What? What? What state things are we protecting there? Hmm. But he's willing. Um, he's willing to do whatever it is God has told him to do, and as a as a product of that, kingdom things happen through him. Um, and I think that we, maybe our awe has brought us to a sense of fear too. What if God, not, not in the apostolic sense, like Peter and Paul, but what if, what if kingdom things happen through me and you, because we were just absolutely willing to go to the ends of the earth and do whatever it is that Jesus told us to do. I don't think that's an if, I think that's a when. Yeah. Still for us today. Uh, not because I believe that I'm saying, right. I'm saying hypothetically me sure. you, or whoever's listening. What if sure. there were a dozen of us who were completely sold out for Jesus? Willing to die. Yes. Willing to go to the cross. We would be probably, we would probably see what this, a lot of pastors pray for in a very emotional sense, which is revival and not the kind that we are used to historically, but the kind that the Bible speaks to when King Hezekiah uh, finds the scroll of the law, when King Uzziah finds the law as well, where people repent of their sin and they come back to worship God and they renounce all forms of idolatry. That would be the result, I think, going to the Bible as an example. Mm-hmm. Or to put it in not New Testament terms, the world gets turned right side up. Anyway, so I don't know where I was going, but this is the, the willingness aspect. Are you willing? If you're listening, are you willing? So let's let's go on to the practical thing. How can we encourage people who are willing, but they find themselves finding obstacle after obstacle or excuse after excuse? How, how can we encourage, like, for example, our congregation here in Divine, the community that may be listening online, to following willingness and not give in to any of the obstacles along the way. Hmm. I, you thank God for the obstacles. Um, so, CrossFit spiritual edition. I'm, I'm asking in, in all seriousness. Um, in all seriousness, we need to stop praying for blessings and expecting blessings as we, as I, as you might hear them right now. Right. Um, we, we hear the word blessing and we think money falling from the sky or immediate restoration of health or whatever. Um, we need to stop praying for those things, um, in the sense of that, that is a sign of be walking with the Lord. Right. I was, I've been reading a, a, fictional Christian book that is called Heinz 
feet in high places. It's, a, it's an allegory. It's similar to Pilgrim's Progress, if anyone's ever read that. Um, and so no, that's a good you, you have a, a character who the prominent character is a female and her name is Much Afraid. Mm. And like Pilgrim, she is along uh, the shepherd's path um, following this spiritual journey in life. Um, and early on in her spiritual journey, um, she begins to make her way following where the shepherd has pointed her. And um, she has old friends who return to tempt her. And her friends are named Pride and Greed. And they seek to take her off the path. Um, and she she remembers an encounter with the shepherd as he first initially put her on the path and sent her on her way and said, if you encounter anyone that you think may be leading you off the way, simply call out to me and I will intervene. Well, she knew something when she encountered pride and greed. And so she called out to the shepherd and he dispensed of them. And he said, he says this to her that's profound. That makes me say this when you stop praying for blessing thing. Go ahead. Um, he tells her, I'm giving you two different friends that I want you to keep at either, uh, at both of your sides to, that you will hold hand in hand. Can I, can I guess the names? But yes, but let me finish this. <laughs> <laughs> who will keep you on the path. Right. What are their names? My guess is mercy and grace. No. Oh, man. No. Okay. No. Suffering and sorrow. Mm. Suffering and sorrow are what keep the Christian on the path. It is through our suffering and sorrow, the, the pains of those obstacles and seeing God persevere and overcome those and our hopeful expectation for a final deliver deliverance from all that is wrong in this world. They keep us on that path. Hmm. Our brothers and sisters from centuries ago understood the value of suffering and sorrow in our spiritual walk with the Lord. And I think we have completely jettisoned the idea that there is value in our Christian walk when we, when we walk with suffering and yeah. sorrow. That is meaningful. The call of Jesus, when he's, when the call to, to be a disciple of Jesus, where he says, if anyone would bid and come after me and follow me, pick up your cross. you pick up your cross. You follow me. Follow me. The call to self-denial, the call to self-sacrifice is a call to a lifetime of sorrow and suffering because of the way that this world is currently not right side up. Right. So when you live a life willingly that is absolutely counter the way that the world has been positioned in light of the fall, right. you will face nothing but suffering and sorrow. And you can do so welcoming that, thanking God for that, for them, because you know that they have been given to you to keep you on the shepherd's path. Okay. I have nothing else to say. And this doesn't sell. No, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm not pausing because I'm disagreeing. It's, it's rather it's, the... Uh, 
this this isn't this isn't the blessings in my pocket kind of thing that gets peddled around in modern Christianity. Right. This isn't this is where I say we've got to stop praying for blessing in that sense and expecting that to be the sign of a faithful Christian walk. Right. Hmm. It's knowing that God is with us because he has promised us that knowing that he has redeemed us and that he will finally and lastingly redeem us right. and set all things right and make all things new in the midst and while we walk along this path, path amid suffering and sorrow. There's beauty in that because we know we're walking the path of our Lord. Right. And with him, not alone. Right. Again, coming back full circle to where you talked about the issue with silence. We're not alone. So I guess if we are truly willing, it's basically saying I'm trading in the friends that keep me off the path to be to follow the master who is the closest friend I ever need. So that's that's good. It's meaningful. So I think we've covered worship and wonder and willingness. Yep. So do you have any closing thoughts for our audience today? Um, a shout out to my friend, Joey. I don't know if he listens, um, but I'm sorry that his Vikings lost, um, even <laughs> though he gives me quite a hard time about the Cowboys. Yeah, um, didn't he give you a box of tissues? Yeah, I gave him a box of tissues this morning. <laughs> okay, um, good. <laughs> I gave him a, a fresh box of tissues so he can wipe all the tears from his eyes after the way that they lost yesterday. I'm also grateful that I will not have to face him this week uh, knowing the Cowboys play tonight. So <laughs> I, I can have a full week to recover there you um, go. from that. So that, no, just just you, you ask for a final word. That was um, a good one, but keep yeah, going. But a, but a, a serious final word. Um, know that Christ has won a lasting and permanent victory. He has in the right. cross. Um, willingly do what he is calling you to do, knowing it will be the absolute most difficult thing you will do in your life for the rest of your days. Right. But you can do so with joy because in God's grace, he's given that assignment to you. Um, you will find him to be ever more ready to support you and encourage you and walk with you along that way. You will not do it alone, um, but be willing and you will find such great joy, even in the most difficult of things. Yeah. You may even find the most impossible things you imagine becoming possible. Mm. Well, Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for just going a little deeper into the sermon. Uh, for our audience, I would like to encourage you. We have about four different spots left for our Adventures in Marriage retreat, which happens on February the 3rd and the 4th, uh, and it will be a two-day uh, offering for married couples, those that are looking to be married and are engaged. And so it's $50 per person, so $100 per couple. And that would allow you to enter into a meaningful um, seminar, right? Uh, four couples, three couples per um, facilitator couples. So we have four uh, couples that will come and will 
facilitate that. It won't be any of us on staff so that you can just be as open as can be. And this is a great thing for your marriage to have a jump start towards a healthier relationship. Now, Pastor, why don't you tell us about February the 17th and the 18th? Yeah, we'll have a, a huge discipleship conference. Um, the, the heading of it is Kingdom Connected. It's a part of our Equip series of conferences, and uh, we will have a, uh, a great slate of speakers, uh, and they have also have to suffer through me speaking. Um, but On um, hearing the voice of God. On hearing the voice of God. Um, but the... Um, the, it's it is something for everyone, whatever your stage or maturity level is in the Lord. Uh, there there is something for you um, that will encourage you or your congregation, uh, wherever you may be, um, as you seek to become uh, better equipped at discipling others and uh, becoming a disciple maker yourself. That's right. So we encourage you to be here uh, for more on those events. Just go to the link that will be available and also appearing somewhere in the picture during editing. We'll have QR codes so you can also be aware of those. Uh, don't worry if you're listening to a podcast version of this audio only, then we'll make those links available in the description for the episode. Until next week, this is Disciple Life, the Bible and Everyday Life. I am your host, Carlos Garduño, and this is... Pastor Dan. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.